0: Welcome to Food, and Happy New Year. I'm Kate Bittman. Before we jump into today's episode, reminder that you can email us at food at markbittman.com with any questions or comments. Guest recommendations are also welcome. We're always looking for good people to talk to, so let us know who you'd like to hear from. And please check us out online at bitmanproject.com. Our new site is growing. We've got a recipe database full of Mark's best recipes, plus wonderful recipes from other people, and we're adding to it literally every day.
1: Down. so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing mint mobile unlimited premium wireless it to get 30 30 30, get 30 you get 20 20 20 get 20 20 get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month so give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch
0: 45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com
1: apple card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card
0: Okay, so I only ever make New Year's resolutions in my head, writing them down where? On paper, where it'll get lost, on my computer, which is already a mess. Not for me. This year, I want to be slower in everything I do, more deliberate. That's the big one. An ongoing resolution, as some of you know, is to be better. And again, more deliberate about feeding my seven-year-old, Holden. He's finicky, and though he loves things like roasted broccoli and capers and smoked salmon, he's of the, if one food touches another, it will be a literal disaster camp. He did eat regular salmon the other night, like roasted fish. And I'm really seeing some small but significant changes from him. And I'm sorry to admit that I think I actually clapped the other night after a win. Today's episode is a rerun. We took a break these last couple weeks and we'll be back with lots of new episodes next week. And it's one that I did with Eliza Sokolow, who got her start working with Jamie Oliver's Food Revolution and who's now author of This Is What I Eat, a playful book about eating for kids. We were also joined by Eden Grinchpan, host of Top Chef Canada, much-loved Instagram presence, and mom of two young kids. The majority of our conversation is about feeding kids, but you definitely don't need to have or even like children to like this conversation. There's lots of fun to be had here. Here we go.
1: My name is Holden, and I like cheese, pizza, french fries, chicken, my mom, spaghetti and meatballs, and early age, rice and beans. I'm Lily. I love our foods, especially cottage cheese and tomatoes. My name is Mira, and my favorite food is dal.
0: Thank you guys both for joining me here. I thought it would be fun to have you both on together. Aliza, I love your book. It speaks to me in many ways. And Eden, I've just been a fan for a while, and you have two little kids, and I just, I just sort, of, sort of thought this could be a fun conversation to have. I've been wanting to have a conversation about kids and eating. And this felt like a really, really nice group to do that with. Well, thank you. Excited to be here. Same. And congratulations on your book. Thank you. By way of introduction, Eden, you're a Le Cordon Bleu trained chef, an author, and the host of Top Chef Canada. You also have two small children and make some of the most endearing reels I've ever seen. Eliza, you're a private chef and food stylist, an Emmy winner. And you got your start working for Jamie Oliver. So I wanted to get started by talking a little about Elise's book, This Is What I Eat, which is for children, it is beautifully illustrated, and includes everything from learning about sustainability, to how food makes you feel, to how seeds are planted, to food preferences. <laughs> a very sore subject in this house. Uh, and it has plenty of room for filling in the blanks and drawing. What? inspired you to write this book. So I worked on Jamie Oliver's
2: food revolution about it like 13 or 14 years ago. And we worked with kids in schools. And a lot of these kids were in low-income areas and they had a lot of health issues based upon their diets. And they had type two diabetes and we were working with like seven-year-olds, teenagers, like a full spectrum. And I just remember working elbow to elbow with this one girl and we were making salad and she had never eaten salad before. And she said how great it made her feel. And I got a lot of feedback from these kids on how they were feeling based upon what they were putting in their bodies. And I grew up competitive swimming and I intuitively knew that what I was putting in my body was fuel to swim. Like I was in the pool for five to six hours a day and knew that I needed to fuel myself with the best things possible in order to swim fast. And so getting to spend time with these kids, I was like, this is what I want to do as my life mission. Like I've worked in food for a while now, but seeing how kids feel and the impact of their diets has on their lives is something that like, I would like to do forever. So I wrote this book about, I want to say like five or six years ago, and I was really inspired by Dan Giusti's work in Brigade, which is like going into schools and changing the food systems. And I was like, oh, finally, someone is making an impact with kids in schools. I love that.
3: Well, congrats on putting this out there. That's amazing. And I remember when, so Jamie Oliver did the same thing, he went st- to schools. And he like went into the cafeteria and like started cooking with kids. So that was you. You were with him. Yeah. that. That was amazing.
2: Season one, right? Everyone, when I bring it up, they're like, oh my God. Yeah. I watched that show. I remember the pink slime demo or seeing all of these kids lose weight during the season just based upon diet or taking the pink and chocolate milk out of the school breakfast programs and what that does to like their blood sugar crashed in the morning. And a lot of times schools are like, these kids have ADD. I don't know what is wrong with them. And I'm like, you just gave them pancakes with syrup and chocolate milk for breakfast. How do you expect them to sit still as an adult? I couldn't do that. So we worked with those kids and a lot of people were really impacted on it saying, okay, maybe we do have a problem with sugar in America, but also let's be a little bit more mindful as to what we're putting in our bodies.
0: Shout out to Dan Juicy because we interviewed him a few years ago and he's amazing. What he's doing with food in schools is so incredible. He's really inspiring. I wanna now talk to Eden about sort of, this is related, but you post all this delicious looking food. You're an amazing chef, obviously. Um, You have two daughters, Ave and Romy. And you seem, I'm going to try not to sound annoyed here, but you seem like one of those parents who can feed their children anything and, and they'll eat it, which is awesome.
3: <laughs> I'm so jealous. It's actually funny because, you know, now that I have another kid, it's, it it really depends on the personality and the character of the child as well as also like the habits that you start at a young age. Like for instance, like I never knew that Ave was like really easy to feed until I had Romy. And now Romy is the queen of chewing and literally just like, you know, letting it fall out onto her like top. Like she'll put it in her mouth, but then it just like ends up everywhere. But I do find that I've always like, you know, I, I, the, what I do, um, aside from, you know, I work in television, obviously I wrote a cookbook, I've, I've opened a restaurant and, and I have closed it, but I've worked in the restaurant industry. i worked in the kitchen, in my kitchen and my daughter's always around and has always been a part of that. And so I think she really just like based off of just who she is, she always wanted to be a part of it. And I find that because she always wanted to get involved and she always asked questions. And I always in, I always involved her in what I was doing as well. It made her interested in food and it made her interested and confident in learning how to work with food and what different ingredients are and um, what different dishes are that I could be working on. Like, you know, I'm, I'll be in the kitchen working on something. She's like, what are we making today? And because of that, When I finish whatever I'm doing, it's easy for me to convince her to try it because she takes pride in what she's doing. So that's something that has just naturally happened over the course of her life from day one. You know, like I would always talk to her about what she was eating. And I think the number one rule in our house is like, this is, and this is like a pet peeve of mine. When I see children say, I hate it. I don't want it. I don't want it but yet they've never tried it. So I always say you can dislike it all you want, but you have to actually try it to know that you don't like it. Uh, But yeah, it's really about making sure that they're like open-minded. And I do find that just like involving her from day one in the process, it has really like made her interested in it and like appreciate it. Even when we bake, she will... Every, like, like, I have to, like, you know, stop myself from like saying no because I'm like, stop eating the baking soda, stop eating the baking powder, stop eating. Like, she wants to taste everything that goes into it. So she's dipping her finger and I'm like, cool, you do you. And I'm like, that doesn't taste great, does it? She's like, I like it. Like, (laughs) she's eating. Like, she, I think she also does stuff to also like make us go, Oh my God. Like, she was eating a fish eyeball the other day. And if you were like, "Mm, Okay, cool. It looks great. Like, Oh my God. I have to stop myself from reacting. (laughs) A fish eyeball. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think my dad dared her once to eat it. And now it's like her party trick. She's like, (laughs) I'm going to eat every eyeball in like on this plate and we're like, cool. But like Romy, for instance, I'm really curious to see what journey she goes down. Cause we give her the same food and I try and like, make sure everything is like, you know, when I give it to Abe, I give it to Romy and like, it really depends on her mood. Like it's really so, you know, every kid is very different, but I do think they're really watching the parents and the way parents respond to food. Um, because I have a lot of friends that are like, my kids are really picky. I'm really picky, but I can't believe they're really picky. And I'm like, well, it's, but you're probably saying I don't want to eat that. I don't like that.
0: Well, everything we do in every walk of life is modeling for them. So that's just another way that we do that. Uh, yeah. my son, my son will definitely, he's super picky and we are not, and we eat everything. Oh. So I, I just like, okay, eventually he's just going to be like us. I, I think, and hope, but we, also he used to pull the whole like I hate this or I don't like this so now it's like you have to try it you're not allowed to say I hate this you can say this is not my friend or something yeah kinder and that has seemed to work but I do think that modeling
3: is everything so by the way if it makes you feel any better I was a picky eater
0: really oh.
3: <laughs> and uh, I grew out of that thank god obviously <laughs> I also find With
2: like parents and kids that I work with, I'm like, whatever you're making for dinner, that's what's for dinner, though. You're not making a separate meal for your kids because my main thing that parents say to me, they're like, my kid only eats chicken nuggets and buttered noodles. And I go, well, they're like, we gave up. And I'm like, okay, that was your choice to give up, but you need to say, this is what's for dinner. And that's what we're having. You don't get a separate dinner. Like, this is, This is what we have. And I find that making like growing up, we always started dinner. Even this is in the book, like we always started with a big salad. And that's what my sister and I grew up having is like the first thing every night. Like no matter what else we were doing, that's how we started. So, sort of having this tradition of this is what we do every night, I find is really helpful with families. And like if you're not eating what we're eating for dinner, Tough. Like this is this is what you've got. And eventually kids will say, you know what? I think I'm ready to eat dinner now. I'm gonna try that sweet potato or try whatever it is. But I know the buttered noodle kids, especially for you, Kate, <laughs> it's rough, but just keep on trying it. And it takes like 20 times for someone to develop a taste for things. So I empower you to just keep, keep trudging through it. (laughs)
0: He just, he just added Brussels sprouts in. So we're feeling pretty good about that. And he's like gobbling them up like bowls of Brussels sprouts. So I'm like, he's fine. When I was growing up, my parents, our whole thing was, this is dinner. Everyone's going to eat it. If you don't want it, you can have cereal or a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And so that's sort of what we're trying to do right now.
3: I, um... Growing up, I think that's one of the things that, you know, just using that as an example, it can be so challenging because especially with young kids, their dinner time is at a different time than adults. Thank so you. I think, thank you. Can I just
0: interrupt and say thank you for saying that?
3: Well, I think that's where what part of the issue starts. I'm not I'm not eating dinner at five fifteen. My kids are. So like what happens is, you know, like at five o'clock, you're like, okay, what do we make them? What do we make them? Because like a lot of parents are also both parents are working, so it can be really challenging when you want to like last minute throw together a meal. you know, like meal prepping for the week is hard. So I do think that that's kind of where the struggle lies. Also, I find that when I eat physically with my kids and I socially like make that a part of like our life, everyone eats more because when you eat, it's like a social act, like sitting down and eating a meal. Like that is something that, you know, you don't want to sit by yourself and like, be, you know, be like, here's your broccoli and your chicken. And like, everyone else is like doing, like continuing with their life and you're like left alone to eat by yourself. So it's like, that's where like the effort really lies too, is like, Maybe if you're not eating at the same time, make yourself a little bowl so that they see you're enjoying it too. Um, it doesn't need to be a big portion, but like, that's something that I was conscious of because I found that Ave also ate more when I like sat with her and like ate with her, but the prep ahead of the meals can be challenging uh, for that particular part. You try and make like 80% like these like, you know, veggie, like fruit heavy snacks, like really good, like cheese and yummy, like good calcium and protein and stuff. Uh, but then like, you know, you have in your back pocket that like butter, you know, like I, I do butter nood- noodles all the time. Cause I'm like, I have no time Right. to make, it's not even what the kid wants. It's what I'm capable of. So I think that also that's what it comes down to too, but it's like, you know, if you give a buttery noodle, make sure you give like a steamed broccoli and try and like balance that out if that's the only option you have. I think, yeah, it also comes down to like parents' time. Yes, it does.
0: Nobody really talks Hard. about that as much. I feel like it's just kind of like, oh, well, we all sit down to eat together and we eat the same thing. And it's like, but how does that work with like school pickup and someone's working from home and someone's going to the office and it's just so, it can get, it can feel really complicated and overwhelming and that's not a cop-out. It just can. Stay tuned for more from Eden, Aliza, and me.
1: Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply.
0: Hi, my name is Zoe. My favorite foods are gorgonzola and prosciutto.
1: My name is Mario, and I like Italian cookies. Hi, my name's Abe. I like food because it's salty, sweet, sour, every kind of flavor. My favorite vegetable is pepper. Bye.
0: I'm interested in hearing about both of your challenges. Eden, you talked about it a little bit, but I'd love to hear about any of the challenges you've had with the kids eating preferences. Aliza, I'd love to hear about any of the challenges that you sort of faced in the research for the book because I'm sure you worked with a whole bunch of different kids and tastes. I've spent
2: time with so many kids. My mom is a preschool teacher and my dad is a college professor. So I was very much in the like teaching education space. A lot of it is fear-based and exposure based, but I found it really interesting that Eden's like parents often don't sit down with their kids. Like both of my parents worked growing up. And there was either like my sister or or like caretaker. I do think that having that like family dynamic or sitting with someone and making it an experience is so key to like core memories and eating. Even in the book. There's a page that's really cute that shows all the different like family dynamics, whether that be like a grandparent and a kid or like a whole family. But most taste has to do with memory. And like, you know, I bake chocolate chip cookies and my friend called me and was like, How did you make my grandmother's chocolate chip cookie? I haven't experienced this in 25 years. And I was like, I'm so happy I made your bubby's cookie by accident. But it's a lot of like, memory-based and like a feeling when you eat. So I just, I'm not necessarily an expert, but how I was raised and everyone I talked to is just like making that an experience for your kid. Like food is something that's fuel, but also it should be something you
3: enjoy. A hundred percent. Like that, I, you know, I brought that up as an example because I was very fortunate. My dad was home every night at six. So we ate dinner every night growing up. And I'm sure once my kids get older, like right now we're like in it. Like we are like when your kids are really young and they go to bed, I'm like, go to bed at seven. Good night. <laughs> like same. That's also me being like, I'm a done. Um and I need that routine just so that like our lives can continue. So that's also why we're eating at like earlier times. And we have to probably make a little bit more of an effort to try and sit down and create that like social, um, you know engagement over the food, but, or memory, but like eventually, you know, when my kids are older and they can like have like dinner at like a later hour, I do think that it's super important to try to, you know, make the moment around the table or your eating experience, like, you know, I, 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 so many people are doing so many things while they eat and it really takes away from the actual act of it. And as you said, the, the ability to create like a memory it's, I think that's, you know, it's not just about like creating the habits for the kids, but it's really also about creating the habits for the parents. And I think that that's something that evolves throughout like the years of like a parent's also journey because it changes all the time. I remember, I forget, I was talking to someone when Abe was first born and I I think this conversation came up and it was such like a light bulb moment for me. Like, if you think about parents, like you know, junk food and all this like like ice cream and cakes and all this like fun celebratory food that you enjoy brings up such like happy memories for you. So when you share them with your kids, you get really excited. It's like an excited moment for you. And because you're excited, they're excited. So they were like, why don't we do that about just like, you know, other kinds of food that's savory, that's good for you. That's, you know, like, oh my God, I had this like amazing salad or this... This pita changed my life. It's so much fun. Like, because you're getting excited, it really doesn't matter that it's like sweet or savory or healthy or not. I really think it's about the excitement and the energy you put behind it when you're experiencing it with them, too. So it's not just about getting like hyped up over, like, we're about to have the ice cream cake that I grew up eating. You're going to love it. It's like, we're about to have the hummus that changed my life. You are going to love it. So it's like, If you're going to put that energy and that excitement into that, why not try and do it into that? Like Ido and I, we went and got oysters and we were like, we're having an oyster party. And Abe's like, oyster party. And he (laughs) shucked oysters and she's like, and I was like, oh my God, they're so good. They're so good. And she's like, I want. And so like, she needed to be a part of it. And so she had oysters. The first one went down easy. The second one, she was incredibly confused. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think it's because it was like giant and she tried to chew on it and it didn't go the way she wanted it to. (laughs) Like He's had one since because we were so excited. You know, she wants to be a part of the excitement.
0: Such a good point. And I'm just thinking about my love for salad, which is real. It's a real thing. I love salad. I love different mix-ins. I love experimenting with things that I'm putting in my salad. And he, it's gotten to the point where Holden's like, mom loves salad. and. He still could not care less about salad. So I'm just going to keep pushing it. But then the other day, he did see this. We had some arugula and he was like, he just picked up a piece of it and was like, yeah, it's okay. And I was like, maybe this is because I'm always talking about how much I love salad. And then I was like, I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> We're <laughs> thinking this. We're all in the same boat. Yeah, it's true. And I do think a lot of it just has to do with each child when he tries something new we're just trying to get him to not gag every time he tries something new cuz he'll like i think chickpeas was probably the worst of everything. Be I made this delicious smitten kitch- kitchen dish that I love. It's super easy. It's like po- quick pasta and chickpeas. It's like, you know, fake chef boyardee and I was like, this is like a this is a winner. Like he's going to love this. And he was literally gagging. Like Oh, I don't like the chickpea. It's like the plainest chickpea ever. And it was, he, I mean, be texture. Yep. be texture, yep. be a
2: texture thing. I feel like some kids are not into hummus growing up. And then it, my mom didn't like it as a kid, and she lived in Israel for many years and was like, "Oh, this is actually pretty incredible." I, I'm similar.
3: You didn't like it either growing up. Like, I've always been more of like a Trina, Baba Ganoush girl, always like Baba Ganoush, Baba Ganoush. And I felt hummus was like a brick, especially like, come on, we're all like eating a bowl of hummus in our bikinis and then frolicking on the beach. I'm I'm basically like farting my way on the beach. Like, (laughs) like, It is
2: literally my dream to sit on the beach in Tel Aviv and like eat hummus
3: and watermelon. (laughs) Now. Now. Now I get it as a kid, a different story, you know, speaking of like a fantastic, like maybe chickpeas whole for your son didn't work, but have you given him hummus or have you roasted chickpeas? Like that's another thing. Seinfeld made an entire career off of like hiding ingredients in her kids' foods. Is that something that do you, do you believe in, or do you think that we should be like just giving it to them as is? And,
0: you know. We were doing it with smoothies for a while. I was just sticking spinach in the smoothie, but he saw it happen and he didn't care.
3: Oh, he didn't care. Oh, that's good. No, and
0: he's like, the th- he's really good about vegetables. He really likes a lot of vegetables, which is why I don't, I, now it's just kind of funny that he's like this It's because I know that he's eating what he needs to eat. So I'm not really into hiding things, but... I think that roasted chickpeas till they're crunchy is such a good idea. And I'm so glad you brought it up because I just hadn't thought about that. He does not like hummus and I, and I'll make it. And he, in I make it homemade because I don't, you know, I don't really mess with the package. I just don't like
2: packaging. Also crispy quinoa is so delicious too. Love a crispy quinoa. You get your protein in and it's like a nice crispy thing. You can even put on one of your
0: salads. So I need to know what you guys had for dinner last night we ask everybody.
3: This is, this is an Ave dinner because yesterday she wasn't feeling well. So she stayed home and I, w- and I had to run out and like grab some like groceries. And she's like, I really want to come run errands, AKA I want to try and like smuggle a root beer into the, you know, bag as well. You know, like get her like little yes. treat. Yes, of course. Anyways, I'm like, do you want schnitzel tonight? She's like, no mom, I want steak. I'm like, oh my God, I can't. <laughs> so we got steak. Um, we had steak and Ido and I had like a ch- kind of like a chimichurri that I had left over from a salad that I just made. Like it, not a chimmy. It was like this weird, like kind of salsa-y chimmy thing that I made. And then um, I had leftover eggplant and uh, leftover like kind of smashed potatoes from dinner the other night and some broccoli. Perfect.
2: Yum! Mm-hmm. I would eat all of that. I did. I guess I'll call it something fancy, like pan-seared chicken tenders. <laughs> but it's really just the tender of the chicken, not like a fried chicken tender. I have a client that I cook for, and we always like pound chicken breast. But I find that just using chicken tenders to cook is something you can't f up for people who are trying to. Learned how to cook. They're delicious and very juicy. And then I made, um, I sauteed mushrooms with some garlic. I threw some parsley in and then I finished it with some vermouth mm. and it's delicious. And mm. I like, had some riced cauliflower, which is not something
0: I've ever done, but I did it yesterday. Delicious. I went out and had Mexican food and got drunk and went to the ballet.
3: Woohoo! I think you won. Pretty <laughs> right young girl. I'm you going not. Up, girl. I love I, that for you.
0: I did not win today.
3: I won last no, you night. You did. You today. won
0: last night. Mm-mm. I'm not winning today. <laughs> did
3: you
2: go for like, a nice yeah. spicy marg?
0: I did. I got a spicy cucumber margarita. And I'll tell you what I ate before that, which is why I got so drunk. I had a, I'm so sorry. Please don't judge me. I had a string cheese, a small Twix bar and five chicken nuggets all day. And then I went out and I had a spice. (laughs)
3: That means you were very busy yesterday. Mm -hmm. I really was. I
0: really was. And it was a three hour ballet. It was Sleeping Beauty at New York City Ballet. And it was amazing, but it was like 80 degrees. And I am definitely struggling today. Thank you both so much for joining. Thank you.
3: It was such a joy. Thank you so much for having us. And um, it was so nice to meet you and congrats on your book. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thanks, guys. Ladies, thanks.
0: Thank you to Eden and Aliza for such a bright, fun interview. Follow Eden on Instagram at Eden Eats. E-D-E-N-E-A-T-S and Aliza at Aliza J. Sokolow A-L-I-Z-A-J-S-O-K-O-L-O-W Aliza's book, This Is What I Eat, is out now. Thank you to our sweet podcast team. Davis Lloyd is our brilliant engineer and, of course, Marky. And remember to visit us at bitmanproject.com.